It's Thursday, August 30th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, a show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 234, Boring Babies and Pre-Babies. Runtime for this episode is 41 minutes. And welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast with zero babies. My name is Jeremy. I'm not licensed and this is a certified caretaker of children. I'm Tyler. I hate kids. My name is Zach. That's probably not something I should admit on this podcast. Maybe I will beep that for you. We'll see. How many people do we have who listen to this podcast who also have kids and or are large child enthusiasts? That can be interpreted poorly. (laughs) I just, I, I find little kids annoying, so... I actually really like little kids, and they've always had a weird attraction to me, so... That could also be taken the wrong way. I know, and also I make a lot of bad dad jokes, so maybe I'm just destined to be a father one day. Tyler's the Pied Piper? Oh my. Oh my. And then I lost my train of thought. So we're good. <laughs> we played Yoshi's Island this week, the secret Mario game sequel that's on the Super Nintendo. Or is it a Mario game? I don't feel like debating that. Why is it a secret sequel? Because it's well, not it's actually Mario. Super, yeah, it's not a it's, Mario game. It's a Yoshi game. But, but it's also in the Super US, Mario. It was Advanced. called Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island because they knew how to sell them video games. You put Mario's name in them. I mean, he is also technically in the game. It makes sense because no one knows what. Did it ever give Yoshi a name in Super Mario World? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if it had ever been named. And Yoshi's Cookie and Yoshi were games that had already come out before this. They're just weird puzzle games that no one wants to play. So if they're weird puzzle games, yeah, you wouldn't want to advertise that game based on that if no one paid for them. I mean, I feel like someone did. I've seen Yoshi's Cookie at bars, I guess, mostly, maybe because it's a cheap game and no one wants it. All right, but before we get to that, we have to talk about what we're playing. That's what this podcast is, right? I'm being a bad moderator. I don't moderate one, and I lose it all. Zach, what have you been playing? I've actually been still playing a lot of MechWarrior Online. They were doing a lot of their faction play events, which is the one type of event where you respawn, to my knowledge. You have a drop deck where you have up to four mechs where you pick which ones you want to bring up to a maximum tonnage of like 265. So you have to have a minimum of like 160 tons and a maximum tonnage of 265. So you can't have all assaults, but at the same time, you can't have all light mechs. You have to have a little bit of a blend of the kind of mechs you're bringing with you. I was thinking this sounded like the beginning of a word problem, and then I realized it is. It is actually just that. I'll take your word for that. No, it's like one of those stupid math problems you solve when you're like five. If an atlas leaves New York going at 20 miles (laughs) per hour south... and How is an atlas doing 20 miles an hour? It's on a train. It must be, because they only have a top speed of 50 kph. That's actually surprisingly close to 20 miles an hour. I can't remember. I used to know what they were. <laughs> I just know that all the mechs that have like high speeds only hit like 60. So it's like, this mech goes 150 kph. Yeah, that's only like 60 miles an hour. But that's because I don't really know what uh, kph, the translation for it is, or the conversion, the translation. It's about 2.5. That's not accurate, but it's 2.21. Close. Funny story. When me and my brother were kids, we had, we had a racing game, San Francisco Rush. Where you could have the uh, display show kilometers an hour or miles an hour. I've heard this story. Go on. And we would always change it to kilometers per hour because we thought it made you go faster. 
Because it was a bigger number. Also, 1.6. I got the... That was a conversion from pounds to kilograms that I got. Okay. I'm wrong, too. So we both get to be wrong together. <laughs> yeah. I never tried <laughs> that guessing. That a terrible high five. <laughs> but, I mean, that's still a really fun game. I've been on a couple of uh, guy streams and does drops with people who are in the stream. It's not very big, but it's kind of fun to do. What is your mech team for this faction play? My Sphere deck that I've been using for the I last like how you couple... I call it a deck. <laughs> well, it's called a drop deck. Oh. So it's like a deck of a dropship type of deal. Oh. Mine has been a Raven modded with stealth armor, a Shadowhawk, a Hunchback, and an Atlas. How does stealth armor work in that game? Does it actually like actively cloak you? or No, what it does is it prevents you from having people get target locks on you. Okay. So in certain situations, you're easy to miss. So it's like radar stealth as opposed to visual stealth. Yeah, because uh, Battletech despite what Mech Assault tried to show, does not have active camouflage or anything like that. The closest it gets is uh, like the adaptive kind of like chameleon camouflage later, but mechs never get that. That's on like battle armor. And even then, that's mostly like if I stay in one place long enough, it'll make me look green as opposed to like <laughs> I can move around a lot. Speaking of stealth armor, I watched Tomorrow Never Dies. That is a weird James Bond movie. I think that's, like, the um, only James Bond movie I've seen all the way through. Is that the one where the villain gets, like, stuff embedded in his face? No, that's the one after one. Uh, no, this is the one where the villain is, what if Steve Jobs owned evil CNN? I don't remember this movie. Was it well, with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, so okay. it starts, you know how old James Bond movies have kind of that cold open thing, right? Yeah. It starts with, he goes to a terrorist sale, where terrorists are selling things to other terrorists, and the British government is like, it's fine, we'll just shoot a missile at it. And James Bond then, like, pivots his camera to show there's a jet with nuclear missiles on it. And they're like, oh, no, if the missile hits, those might go off. That would be really bad. So James Bond has to steal this jet. He punches a guy who's in the jet to knock him out to steal it. So then this guy is in the back of his jet and another jet scrambles to try to intercept him. And he can't use the missiles because they're nukes. And then the guy behind him wakes up and tries to choke him to death with a garrot line. So he's flying the plane, gets other the other plane. Hits the eject button. The other guy ejects through the other plane into the backseat of that plane. And you see him in there for a minute before the jet crashes. And Pearson Brosnan says, I hate backseat drivers. That is not the most ridiculous thing that happens in that movie. Wow. You know what? I'm sure I've seen this movie, but I don't recognize well, any of this nonsense. It is not a good movie, but it was a pretty fun movie. <laughs> the only one I've ever seen all the way through is, is the, the Halle, Halle Berry, Berry. Yeah, I don't remember. I think that's World is Not Enough. Yeah. But it's one of the other Pierce Brosnan ones. It's one of the ones I haven't seen yet. I think it's the last Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah, so I completely forgot you were watching through all the James Bond movies. I did I, too, actually. So have you caught up to Pierce Brosnan? Were you watching them all no. in order, or are you kind of watching them like... No, I, the way it's working is I watch every Bond's first movie, then their second movie, and I just gotcha. got through everyone's second movie. George Lazenby? Watched, well, he didn't have one. He had the first movie, I saw that. No, that's what, that's what I meant. I'm done with Lazenby and Dalton. Okay, uh, I didn't realize Dalton was in that few. Yeah, only two. He was supposed to be in GoldenEye, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, on yeah, anyway. games... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what else, Zach? Like I said, it's been just a lot of MechWarrior online. I've, I've been earning C-Bills and that, trying to customize some mechs, learning how some different things work. I'm really liking the linebacker, which is in one of my clan drop decks, because the, on the faction play, you have the inner sphere side and you have the clan side, and if you're if it's a clan conflict, you have to use all clan mechs. If it's an inner sphere conflict, you have to use all inner sphere mechs. <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> I want to make a tackle boy joke. That's a mech from uh, O-Ranger. He's just a dude who tackles you. It's very good. I mean that, but I can't make it work. 
is that not just what uh man i forgot everything about this character chibity uses Oh, yeah, the basically. Maxter. There we go. That Our Ranger also has Red Puncher, the best Super Sentai robot Red of all. Red Puncher. Anyway, Zach. And uh, I played a little bit of Battletech. Finally got myself an Atlas, which is something I've been wanting for quite a while. I think I'm on the uh, tail end of that game. I think I'm almost like the last mission. And they just announced recently that they are adding a new expansion that has some additional missions, a new biome. And then they're adding three mechs, the Cyclops, which is a 90-ton like command mech. The Crab, which is a medium, like, 50-tonner. And the uh, Hatchet Man, which I'm super excited for. If you are in the Discord, you probably saw me mention this when Tyler said something. Because it's the first time any of the Melee mechs have actually made an appearance in a uh, computer game. So I'm really excited for the Hatchet Man. I'm kind of sad that we can't see the Axeman or the Berserker. Because both of those are much later in the timeline. Yeah, I was going to say, this takes place fairly early, right? Right around the 3025 era of Battletech, which is like the early days of Battletech. Tech is very low, there's not a whole lot of weapons, and there's not a whole lot of like super advanced mechs. The Highlander that I've been using with Lost Tech on it, with the Gauss rifle and all that, that's about the highest tech, and that's finding something from the uh, olden days where technology was actually good. The before four times. Yeah, the before four times. That game's still really fun. I'm having a a lot of fun with it. It tends to slow down a little bit because I'm at the point in the game where it's basically all assault mechs. It's kind of running into the problem of everybody has a lot of armor. And you just sit there and like pound at each other for a mm-hmm. bit. I have a king crab that seems like every time I send it out, it loses its left torso, which takes its missile launchers with it. So like every time I send this thing out, I got to replace that torso and all the missile launchers that I lost with it. I took to just sticking LRM-5s on it because they're cheap <laughs> and I have an ass load of them instead of the more expensive like LRM-20 and 15s and stuff like that. Because you know you're going to lose it anyway. If it's going to get destroyed anyway, I might as well bring the stuff I can easily replace. So, yeah, it's a fun game. I would recommend picking up because it's only, it's under 60 bucks. It's like 30 or $40. Yeah, I intend price. to play more of it because I've always wanted to play Battletech, but I don't want to have to go physically meet people who play Battletech. Kind of ironic because I think you're the most social one of a lot of us. I, you know, it seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Tyler, I'm basically a shut-in, remember? So you're neat. Huh? No, he's engaged in employment. He's employed. That is true. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He goes outside of his house occasionally. Yeah, like right now. Yep, you're technically out engaging in social activities. Anything else, Zach? Not at the moment. Just those two things are really what's been consuming my time. You'd be amazed at how much you can get, like, just drawn into a arena shooter like MechWarrior Online, which has remarkably a high amounts of uh, cover-based combat and tactical use of, oh god, shoot this side, not that one. And the worst things I can hear when I'm piloting one of my marauders is weapon explosion detected. What, do you not have a lot of weapons on it? or are they... It has five guns, no, six guns, but the thing is, it has an XL engine, so if the Gauss rifle that's in the torso explodes, it kills the mech. Gotcha. And usually right after it says that, I have like a second to try and fire everything before I die. But usually it's one of those, weapon explosion detected. Wait, what? Dead. Damn it. Speaking of arena shooters, even though this isn't an arena shooter at all, apparently Payday is releasing, like, yet another random free expansion out of nowhere. Apparently Payday is, like, ridiculously popular on Steam all of a sudden. Huh. And I feel like I should go back and play it again. Maybe they had a free weekend or something that boosted their popularity. They have a free weekend, like, every month. I don't know. I'm a bit busy with the games that i'm already playing and i don't want to re-download payday and have it take up half my yeah, freaking it's hard like drive 32 gigs it's larger than arkham <sighs> knight 
So speaking of Arkham Knight, what have you been playing, Tyler? Arkham Knights. Me too, a little. I didn't get very far. I didn't even get to the part where Barbara gets definitely murdered. It's not a trick. I'm actually over 100% done with it based on their like little <laughs> thing. I think it's because they added a bunch of expansion missions, which came for free on the PC to make up for... Make up oops. for the fact that they really screwed up the launch. Yeah. Oops. All bad game. Uh, <laughs> so you get to the part where Batman dies already? Yes. Does Tim Drake become Batman at the end of that game? Is that what they decided? I don't know. I assume he's going to die at the end of this game, although he's training, like, one of your submissions is training Azrael to become <laughs> new Batman. Because uh, that always goes well. Does yep. Batman, Batman dies at Spoilers the end of Spoilers for the Arkham Knight, yes. Yeah. It's heavily foreshadowed, like, he's constantly talking about it, and, like, it also prevents him from becoming Joker, because, twist, you're infected with Joker blood. I knew that already. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that was actually his plot in Arkham City, I guess, is to infect a bunch of people with him. I don't know, I've actually not been playing a huge amount of that game, although it has been rather fun. I'm mostly just, like, going off and, like, all my islands are green with Riddler nonsense. So I'm going through slowly cleaning out the Riddler nonsense. Two of the islands, I think, are pretty much scrubbed at this point. So I just have the island that has all the tanks on it left. Master Bruce, what are you going to do with your evening? Oh, there's so much Riddler nonsense on that <laughs> island. I'm going to go clean some of it up, Alfred. <laughs> I just got a picture of like a Batman in one of those litter picking outfits with the <laughs> pokey stick in the bag. And just like going around and like cleaning up the roads. Oh, he's got a BCD, Bat Compulsive Disorder. I'm trying to think what else I played. Um, Enter the Gungeon. I mentioned a while ago, released the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons expansion. You did? So I've been going through and playing a lot of that and finding a bunch of random stuff I had never encountered before, and it's fantastic. I've encountered the Koopa boss again, and I still can't figure out how to beat him. Like, the obvious answer is somehow incapacitate the Mecha Koopa stand-ins and throw them at him. I just cannot figure out how to do this. Did so. you try grenades? I did not try grenades. Did you try explosions? Distinct from grenades. Just like generic explosions, yes. just like I'm going to make a... No, I have not tried Because grenades that. are shrapnel. Explosions are concussion. They're I, different. I'm actually wondering now whether he's a mini-boss and I just need to shoot him because I encountered another boss that did not have a health bar and he just died after a while. So I wonder if I was just like... Maybe you're overthinking it. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I just need to shoot him like you do with everything else in the game. Well, next time you get there, just shoot him a lot and see what happens. We'll see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've played. I feel like I got my DS or DS, my DS out recently, but I can't remember what I actually did on it. I've got the Mega Man Z collection that I tossed onto my old DS a while ago. And I was like, I should actually go about finally beating this and like <sighs> Z4s, something else. Yeah, I've never played any of the Zs. Yeah, they're pretty good. If you like X, you'll like Z because it's like X, but except melee weapons are more important. What happened to Y? You know, they skipped that and then went straight to ZX. So they just, like, looped around the entire alphabet again. Those are apparently, like, a Castlevania, but Mega Man style. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I found one for cheap as free at a GameStop once, but the cartridge was corrupt, so I got about an hour in, and then it just, like, stopped working. So I had to return it, and I was really sad because it seemed like a really good game. Huh, I don't think I've ever had that kind of problem over GameStop. They're usually pretty good about that. Yeah, no, especially, like, the one time I think I got a bad disc from one, I took it in, and they like... Tried all sorts of things to refurbish the disc, and it ended up still not working. They're like, okay, well, we'll just give you a free refund. So, but they tried really hard. Well, for all the, like, bad publicity and whatnot and hatred people level towards GameStop, they actually do pretty good when it comes to customer service and all my experience with them. Yeah, no, I think their big problem is, one, they're owned by a giant-ass company. And two, they don't offer you a lot of in-store credit for your games to trade in. But that makes sense because they have to profit somehow. 
I don't like it, but at the same time, it's like they, they got to make money. So well, it's, it's either that or you get no money for your games and yeah. you turn them in. So because there's no one to turn them into, I guess there's a local not board game store, your local other game store. The local game store I knew you had is now a Firehouse Subs. Which one? I don't remember what it was called. It's across from the King Supers on, I want to say, 85th and Ward. Anything else, Tyler? Nope, nothing in particular. Nothing of any note or merit. I feel like Kevin tried to get me to play something a little while ago, and then I didn't. So what have you been up to? Well, like I said, I was playing some Arkham Knight since I finished Digimon and needed a new game. And I know you guys are my friends, and you were just trying to help me. But I did start playing World of Warcraft again with my brother. (laughs) That's not your advice. Uh, All right, we got to get everybody together. We're going to need the intervention again. (laughs) I mean, it's weird how different that game is. Every time I go to it, because I don't play it much, it's been through like three iterations since the last time I played it. I'm like, all this stuff is different. My warlock doesn't even have curses anymore. I feel like that's the whole warlock thing. There's also demons. and (laughs) A lot of the warlock stuff was like summon demons and stuff. Uh I still remember going through a particular dungeon where... We were tanking with Jeremy's pet and my pet. Yep, I remember that. Too. And we also had like two mages, a warlock, and a hunter. And that we was back when dungeons tanking. were hard. That was so long ago. Now my warlock can tank most dungeons that are level appropriate for him now without any tank gear or spec because they're so much easier. Oh, geez, that's boring. Yeah, that, that was one of the most fun things about the instances. So a quick segue. I found out about this recently. Maple Story 2 is finally getting localized for America. Yay. I mean, I'm excited. I really like Maple Story. So. I know you did. So yeah, playing some of that, playing my warlock. He lights things on fire now. That's all he does. He goes fire one, fire two, fire three. Occasionally I summon an infernal. Uh, so this is one of the early translations before they called it Firaga. Yes. <laughs> I don't even have Shadow Bolt anymore. Or Corruption. Wasn't Shadow Bolt like the main warlock damage spell? Yeah, everything is much more based on your spec now. So because I'm Destruction, I just have fire spells. I just have Incinerate as my main spell. I think the other two specs I mean, both have Shadow Bolt as their main. Streamlined, yes. Kind of bland and boring yeah. a little bit from what yeah. it sounds like to me. I think once you get higher, it does get a little more exciting. Because a lot of the reason they've streamlined it is they've added so many abilities that if you had them all, it would be too many. And there would be a bunch you just never used anyway. But also, they took away Life Tap. Life Tap. That was the whole reason to play a Warlock. Because you don't need mana anymore, really, because you have other resources at high levels, so you never really run out of mana, so there was no real reason to life tap, but it still feels super weird not having it. Isn't that the one where you can convert your uh, health health to mana? Yeah. And then be like, take that, mages, you have to go drink soda. I'm still in the fight. (laughs) As long as I don't get tapped by a weather balloon, I'll be fine. No, I'm good at transitions. So speaking of transitions, we played- I was going to say you ran out of Warcraft. We played Yoshi's Island. Or, if you're old school, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Does that actually make it old school? Because I owned the original cartridge and it was just Yoshi's Island. Or, if you're new school, Super Mario Advance 3, Yoshi's Island. What was Super Mario Advance 2 in the new school scheme of things? Uh, I believe it was Super Mario Bros. 3. Okay! Because Super Mario Advance is Super Mario Bros. 2. Because Super Mario 1 was a Game Boy Color game. They just released a combo pack of Super Mario Bros. And if you beat it, you continued with the Lost Levels. Okay, which is really how those games should have been packaged in the first place. And so when they get to Advance, that was Super Mario 2. And then when you get to the DS, it's Super Mario 64. And no one has re-released Sunshine because no one wants to play Sunshine. You know, the more I've learned about Sunshine, the more I'm wondering whether I should have played it, but I don't know that I actually want to play it. I suppose we might get there eventually on the podcast. If, but... if Nintendo ever releases it. Oh, is it not available anywhere else? No. It's available on the eBay. But that's not what we played, though that game does have Yoshi, who's the star of this game. 
The story of Yoshi's Island is that some storks were hanging out. One of them had a Mario Mario, and the other had a Luigi Mario. And they were attacked, and the one who had Mario Mario dropped it. So a bunch of friendly Yoshis have to get him home before a whole bunch of Magic Koopas kidnap him and take him to baby Bowser. So that he can raise him to be evil? I kind of like this alternative timeline where Luigi and Mario have this, like, struggling sibling rivalry in well, the future. Oh, this is a, that's the universe where Wario comes from, obviously. <laughs> Wario is, is just Mario. <laughs> yeah, but raised by Bowser. And Waluigi is Luigi if he didn't have a cool older brother. And also is much taller for some reason. I think there was that one brawl in the, fa- I think it's a brawl in the family comic, where Luigi is just, like, the cool sports friend of Wario who, like, doesn't want to hate, like, he's Waluigi, like- Waluigi, you mean? Oh, yeah, what did I say? Luigi. Just Luigi? Yeah. Yeah, where Waluigi is Wario's, like, sports friend. He's like, nah, you guys are, like, having a party or, like, racing cards or something? I'm there. You want to antagonize those guys? Like, nah, I got other people to hang out with. That's actually kind of (laughs) great. It would explain why Waluigi never shows up for anything else. Yeah, he likes getting outside and playing sports. That's That's why he's so much more fit than Wario. Exactly. (laughs) And he's so tall. He's so good at basketball and other sports. One of the only two characters in the Mario universe that have fallen to the healthy range. Is the other one Rosalina? Yes. She does not look healthy, but I suppose I have no choice but to believe it. According to the stats of Game Theory found, Waluigi and uh, Rosalina are the only two ones that fall into healthy weight to height ratios. Everyone else is either underweight, overweight, or morbidly obese. I could see that. Is that a recent episode? I haven't mm-hmm. watched them in a while. It is a recent episode. I think it was the last one they did. I think he was only able to do it because of the measurements on the training stage in the new Smash Brothers game. No, it was because of the uh, uh, the Mario Odyssey balloon thing. Okay. The balloon thing? They added something like Luigi's Balloon World oh, or something yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, that's in the DLC I never played. And it shows up as meters, so they were able to use the measurement to determine heights. But we didn't play a Mario game. We played a Yoshi game. It's completely different. You just have Mario as your weird pseudo health meter. So you play as various Yoshis, one per level, who are relay racing Mario to his home through a number of obstacles. Yoshi. The only reason why they're relay racing him is because they can only stomach him around for a certain amount of time before they have to ditch him onto somebody else. Like, he is nope, this very is your annoying. Problem. He is an infant. Luckily, we never have to see a Yoshi changing his diaper. So unlike most Mario games, which are kind of traditional obstacle courses, you have lots of things to jump over and enemies to get through. This one has a kind of more casual pace, or at least I felt like it did. I think part of that relies on the level design being a bit more open than a lot of Mario games tend to be. There's stuff to go explore if you're willing to like take the time to go around to a different route. I definitely would agree with Jeremy, Like uh, at least for the first level that I played, the... Uh... The pacing felt a lot less like go right and keep going right until we tell you to stop. Yeah, there's also no timer, which I think helps. Also, I think part of it is the art style. It's made to look like a storybook, which gives it a kind of laid back feel. It's got a real pastel sort of palette. A lot of things look like they're obviously drawn in crayon. They've got like the little gaps that wax leaves, which gives it a unique visual style. I was actually thinking like comparing this to Super Mario World, how different they look. Well, it's one of those art styles that never really ages, exactly. so it looks good no matter what time you're looking at the game, as opposed to those early 3D graphics on the N64 or the PlayStation, which at the time, oh my god, look how good this looks nowadays, you're like, what the hell is that? Cloud block ands. But you're right, the game has a more focus on puzzles and kind of scoring 100% elements. Super Mario World kind of started down that track with having secret exits and such. And Yoshi's Island doesn't go full Super Mario 64 with it, but it's got a lot more to collect. You have hidden flowers, which act kind of as your hit points and also kind of just as a score metric. And also you have the red coins, which will add to your score. 
which are introduced here. So you have the choice of just trying to get through it or trying to be a completionist about it. And obviously completionist is the only way to go. Just get through it. I, feel, I, I didn't understand anything you just said. It just came out as like garbled static. That's because you're insane. Also stars. Don't forget the stars. I thought I mentioned those. They no. kind of work as your hit points. Yeah, you didn't mention those. You mentioned the flowers, then more oh. kind of like your hit Oh, points. flowers add to your stuff. I meant stars. Flowers give you stars. Yoshi's a lot floatier than Mario has ever been. He's he he's also got that double jump. Yeah, he's got a double jump that's very floaty. That's kind of intentional. It's really good for going horizontal, but it doesn't give you much extra vertical distance. He also has like a startup acceleration. It takes him a while to start moving at his top speed. Like a certain hedgehog who may have been competing with Mario at the time. He doesn't have to jump on his enemies because he has a tongue attack. And when you swallow enemies from the front, you then get eggs, which you can throw. You get a, like, little reticle that will go up and down, and you hit the button again when you want to throw. There's also the manual aiming mechanism where you actually just, like, aim it instead. I thought there was something like that, but I wasn't sure if there was a way to actually manually do it just by default. Because it just looked like it kept going as I tried to, like, fiddle with the control stick. Yes, there's a hidden option in there somewhere in the settings menu. I just can't remember where. Yeah, pretty early in the game it says, hey, you can also go to this manual mode. But I just didn't because it seemed like it would be more of a pain. Although it's probably a lot faster. Yeah, manual is a lot faster, which is why I almost always tend to use it. Most of the bosses and stuff require that you actually throw eggs at them and engage with that mechanic. And there are lots of sort of, you have to hit this switch across a chasm with an egg type things. So there's lots of respawning enemy areas to make sure you have the chance to stock up on eggs when you need to. What is your maximum egg count? I want to say six. It's six. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was five or six or whatever the actual number was, because I don't think I actually hit that number. There's a kind of neat thing you can do where if you manage to bounce an egg off, like every time it hits something, it changes color and you can catch them again off a certain obstacle. So you can time it so that like all your eggs are red. I forget what exactly this does for you. I think maybe it drops a star when you hit an enemy with it or something. But it's a neat thing you can do that has like almost no bearing on the game. So anyway, if you get hit, though, you drop baby Mario and he'll kind of float away in a bubble. And you have to recover him, and how long you have to do that is based on the number of stars you've collected. It will slowly regenerate up to 10 if you dip below that, but getting extra stars will bump the number higher, which gives you more time to retrieve him. Also, he is the most annoying thing in gaming at this point in time, and it's hard to top a lot of other things, but man, that soundbite is freaking obnoxious. They made it more obnoxious for the Game Boy Advance version. Which I think is the version that Zach played, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it was. I mean, it was already pretty annoying. Like, my sister and I used to make fun of it when we were kids, so. I was going to say, the other thing that Losing Stars does is that you can't get a perfect score in a level, so you have to, like, save clouds that may or may not have stars in them until later. And because you need to backtrack for more health. Yeah, again, Zach does not understand the OCD completionism. I completed the level. I don't know what you're talking about. So did you want to talk about the level design, Tyler? There are some infamous levels in this game. Uh, Touch Fuzzy, Get Dizzy is maybe the most notable one, where these little fuzzy leaves that if you touch one, you will get more and more drunk, and the screen gets more and more floaty, and your controls get harder to respond. It's a pretty easy level. You just have a pretty straight shot, but it makes it much harder if you touch a bunch of the fuzzies. Yeah, I feel like we panned Donkey Kong Country pretty hard for this. There are a lot of like gimmick levels in this, because they clearly... like figured out their mechanics, figured out generally what they want to do, and they're like, well, damn, we don't have any environments to put Yoshi in. We don't have a full game here. We have a collection of mismatched mechanics and stuff like that, but we don't actually have an environment yet. It kind of feels like they're thrown together because the levels are 
varied, but also weirdly not varied. And there doesn't seem to be any theme tying the worlds together. Like in past Mario games, you have about eight levels to a world with a boss at the end. But the levels felt kind of random. It wasn't like, oh, no, I'm in Waterworld or anything like that. I mean, eventually you go to the moon. So that's cool. On the way to Mario's house? On the way to Koopa's castle, you have to go over the moon to fight a giant raven who lives on the moon. What? Obviously. No, it makes perfect sense. Yoshis always take the scenic route. Um, or they accidentally passed Mario to the astronaut Yoshi who's like, screw this, I'm going to space. And a bunch <laughs> had to chase him to get it back. I feel like the first world was kind of jungle themed i guess like there are all those monkeys who like spit watermelon seeds at you but then the second world is more jungle themed i don't know a lot of the levels are kind of meandering like i said the game has a lot more focus on the puzzles than it does on the platforming but also you need pretty technical platforming to solve some of the puzzles so i don't know it's, it's kind of slow i think it's easy to get lost and just kind of peter out especially if you're trying to find all the hidden things so the game it reminds me most of, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about this when we rank it, is Sonic the Hedgehog. At this point, Nintendo was very focused on Sonic because it was by far their biggest competition. And by the time Yoshi's Island actually comes out, they've pretty much squashed Sega thanks to Donkey Kong Country. But while this game was in development, it would have been the only like big platformer Nintendo wasn't making themselves that was seeing a lot of success since Mega Man had started to peter out. So it, you've got the sort of slow, meandering levels that Sonic kind of tends to have. You have the acceleration. You have the mechanic where if you get hit, you have like a punishment recovery phase instead of... You're either dead or you uh, are in a severely weakened state for a while. Yeah. The, there's no penalty for getting hit unless you're trying to get a 100%. I feel like the contrast of that, though, is... Sonic encourages you to play fast, and I feel like this game does nothing to encourage you to play fast. Yeah, I would I, agree with Tyler I, on that. Yeah, like, maybe, and I think that's part of why I didn't really care for this game, because Mario also does a lot to c encourage you to go fast. That's the white reason stars are in there. It's the reason the mushrooms run away from you. But this game wants you to take your time and try to find all the stuff if you want to. But even though I'm a bit of a completionist myself, I never really felt the compulsion to try and find all the hidden stuff in these games. I don't think it has the deeper gameplay that like a Metroidvania, which obviously also wants you to take it slower, does. Yeah, because there's no persistence. Exactly. Like, a level is one and done, so it strikes this weird balance between traditional platformer and, like, slower, more exploration-based game, while also not being a puzzle game. Like, we haven't played Lost Vikings yet, and I was thinking of that as, like, it's kind of a platformer that's also kind of a puzzle game, but it focuses way more on the puzzle side, and this game kind of strikes a weird equilibrium. Yeah, I found this game to be pretty disappointing. I think it's pretty decent. It's definitely, like, top half, maybe top quarter of the list. We'll see when we get there. But this was a game I was kind of keeping for a rainy day because it's one a lot of Nintendo fans like. And Super Nintendo is the console I most like to revisit. And this is sort of Nintendo's final game for that system. But I found it to be just kind of slow. I didn't hate it or anything. It just really never grabbed me. It had this lazy storybook pace that never grabbed me and never made me want to really run through it. Yeah, I had kind of the same thing. Like I don't like platformers to begin with. And I was kind of bored and going into it and never did anything to really, like, hook me. And I got pretty frustrated with a specific set of challenges that seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's really got this weird difficulty me. spike on level two. Like, it goes away after that. And it's not that hard once you figure out what you're supposed to do. But it's a weird new mechanic that it doesn't use after, where these things from the background will shoot into the foreground and create pits for you. And again, once you get used to kind of dodging them and jumping over the pits and not trying to rush, being sure to take your time... 
it's pretty easy to avoid, but it is weird to pull it out so quickly. They keep doing things like that over the course of the game where a lot of it will be kind of easy. And then all of a sudden you have like this incredibly out of nowhere level design that will just kill you repeatedly. And then it just goes away again. All right. Are there any bosses you wanted to talk about, Tyler? You've mentioned a few. Are there any that stick out? Because I also found the boss fights to be kind of boring. They're mostly you, you identify how you're going to get eggs in this fight. You get eggs and then you throw them at the boss. I don't know, the sewer piranha plant is pretty decent. Well, I mean, that one's kind of a clever design as well, because you can actually beat him before you actually start the fight. The sewer piranha plant? The very end, if you actually hit it before it wakes up with an egg, you can actually one-hit the boss. I think we might be talking about a different one, because he's the boss of the third world. There's one of them I, I know that's a, pl- a piranha plant in the sewer, and this is just something that I have I know from playing other games and... Well, not other games, but like watching YouTube videos and whatnot. There is a piranha plant in the sewer that's a boss that if you attack it before it's completely on screen and has woken up, because it starts out not woken up, you can one-hit the boss. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. This is something I never knew if this was the case. I mentioned the raven boss. Like, his mechanic is you chase each other around the moon, and you have to ground-pound things, which is a mechanic we didn't touch on, but they kind of keep for later Mario games, where basically you jump in the area, flip down, and you smash something with your butt so hard, you, like drives stakes into the ground. It's really weird. But you catch this, like, giant raven by, I guess, counter-driving a stake into him. Awkward. Yeah, none of the bosses really stood out a whole lot in this game. Like you said, it's mostly, like, find what produces eggs, throw eggs. And really, that's, I guess, my biggest problem. The style of it sticks out to me, but nothing in the style sticks out. It has a real nice look to it, but there's nothing in there that excited me and made me really want to come back to it. And, like, as a holistic product, it all kind of works together. It looks kind of like a storybook. It's drawn kind of lazily. The mechanics feel kind of, like, lazy and floaty. Like, not like they were lazily designed, but, like, playing it feels kind of lazy. But there's not a whole lot, like, there isn't, like, a deep plot or anything to make you care about playing this kind of slow game. And if you get hit a couple times, uh, Mario is so annoying, you'll just walk off in the other direction. (laughs) Maybe that's the thing that introduces the necessary tension into this game. <laughs> how lo- how much annoyance can you stand before you let Mario off to his fate? Indeed. How much annoyance can any of us stand? All right. So do we have any final thoughts on this game? I kind of let mine out. I was kind of disappointed by it. I don't think it's a bad game. I understand why people like it, but it just isn't very engaging in my opinion. I mean, I still like this game fairly well, but uh, I can already think of some games kind of medium upper list that I would put above this, like Kirby Superstar or something to that effect. I would actually agree with uh, Jeremy and his analysis. I wouldn't say it's a bad game, but at the same time, it's kind of a little bit more too laid back and laissez-faire about what it's doing, in my opinion, to really grab me. And to compare it to Kirby, it is harder than that, but it sort of falls into the same thing, because Kirby also has like the fast progress going for it. It's more engaging, in my opinion, and the fun powers, but... It's just really not a bad game, but we will see where it fares on our list. We have a list at our website, lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, which is a great game. At the bottom is City Connection, which is a terrible game. And in the medium, in the medium, yeah, in the medium, that's what I'm going to go with. We've got Burger Time because it's medium. We haven't played that yet. I know. I think it's Blades of Steel. It's Tecmo Bowl. Blades of Steel is one of them. Those have both been hitting around the middle. Well, it was Blades of Steel for a long time. For a long time, it was golf. And yep. It was Blades of Steel. So apparently we think... Um, Sports a, games are pretty minimum. Especially at this time. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start very high on the list since this game marketed itself as a sequel to Super Mario World. How do we think it compares to Super Mario World? Spoiler, it's worse. Yeah, it po- does poorly. not measure up. 
<laughs> Poorly is how it compares. So scrolling down not that far since I compared it to this game, how do we think it compares to Sonic the Hedgehog 2? I would also say poorly because Sonic manages to have that urgentness. This game does have some benefit that would have really helped Sonic 2. A save feature in particular would have been really nice. But I like the level design in Sonic 2 a lot more, and I think it's a more fun, engaging game. Yeah, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, it's something that Sonic 2 might have benefited from is the ability to replay particular levels, which a save feature would have enabled. Because like in later Sonic games, the 3D ones, they had collectibles. And I don't know, that's something that a lot of platformers have that I feel like Sonic would be make interesting if you had to take different paths to go get random items. Sonic 2 is fantastic. Yoshi's Island is just all right. Yep. So a game I don't like to compare stuff to because we played it before Zach joined the podcast, but I do think it's the most relevant one. Way down the list, almost 100 full spots, 99 spots below Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We have Sonic the Hedgehog. I actually prefer Yoshi's Island to the original Sonic the Hedgehog. I agree as well. Sonic the Hedgehog had a lot of the same problems. It's got a little bit more urgentness to it, but the level design isn't nearly as good. And it's super frustrating when you get in those loops in Sonic where you can't make progress. Okay, another Mario game. How do we think it compares to Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels? Super oh. Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels is just too It's like damned got the opposite ob- thing, right? It's too damned obnoxiously hard with the kind of difficulty that only a sadist can come up with. And only a masochist could enjoy. I'd take Yoshi's Island. And you know what's weird is I like masochistically hard platformers, but I don't like the Lost Levels very much. I think a lot of it is too much like... uh, Moon logic? Yeah. Yeah, too too many gotcha moments. All right, so we have a nice little platformer block here, actually. How do we think it compares to Sonic CD? I honestly don't remember. Is this the one that had the time travel stuff? Yeah, it's the time travel mechanic, which I actually find really engaging. Hard to remember that one, but I think I got to go with Sonic on this one. I'm actually inclined to agree. So am I. And this is going to put Yoshi's Island a lot lower than I thought it was going to go. But I think we all agree it's worse than Sonic CD, right? Yeah. Sounds like it. Okay, so Yoshi's Island will go at number 105. Oh, that was fast. (laughs) Above Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels, but below Sonic CD. I mean, it's still in the top half of the list. It's like in the... I'm actually kind of surprised Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels is that high. I think Tyler and I like it a lot more than you do. Well, that's a given. I'm surprised I liked it that much because I don't remember particularly fondly, but I'm sure we made some strong arguments at the time or there were a lot fewer things on our list at the time. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to know why we put it there. Although that probably would have been before we were ranking things, so you'd have to listen to our big ranking episode. Z. <laughs> that were like eight episodes. Episode 100A through Z. Yeah. <laughs> there were only five parts, and then we kept doing it for a while after that. So I finally got Yoshi out of my system because I've been sitting on that game for a long time, and he kept telling me that the Game Boy Advance port was like really bad, and it turns out that the game's just kind of eh. Despite um, its weird thing, it does take a while to digest Yoshi. That meat just takes forever to go through. Okay, I was wondering where we were going with that. <laughs> Oh, no, it is delicious, though, especially if you get a nice medium roast with some, like, Old Bay on it. Tangy. It tastes great with A1. Yeah, I can see that, too. Anyway, Jeremy, what are we playing next week? So I need a game that I don't have to spend too much time playing, but that I actually really want to play, just given my time commitment right now. Solitaire? Yeah, Solitaire. (laughs) There are a bunch of SNK fighting games on the Switch, but since Zach doesn't have a Switch, we should play one that's more accessible. So I'm going to say let's play Street Fighter Alpha 2. Alpha isn't really available anywhere except for the new Street Fighter collection. And Alpha 2 is basically the same game with more characters. I This is the first Street Fighter game I ever played any significant amount of. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think this is really where they nailed it. It's the high point. When I think of Street Fighter 2, I'm actually thinking of Alpha 2. So next time on Last Time, Tiger Fire!
This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? Wait, before we segue to Battletech, I, I want to do this thing. We're going to rate on lines really quick because this is only going to take like 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, Sword Art Online or America Online? What? Zach rejects your premise because that's his job. He doesn't know how to get <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the premise exactly is. You have an internet service provider, which is out of business, I'm pretty sure, and was not very good in the first place. No, although. there's still a company. Oh, wow. And yeah. a Kind of mediocre manga, yeah. No. Light novels. Which one's better? Anime. I have absolutely no idea. I'd probably have to take America Online. Okay, America Online or MechWarrior Online. MechWarrior Online. Okay, Mets. there you End have it, folks. It is MechWarrior Online is the best online. Thank you for providing me with that stinger, Tyler. <laughs>